Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. And let's uh, help folks out, uh, Connor, in case they haven't uh, heard the podcast before or heard several of them but absolutely forgot everything we said, which is a very distinct possibility. Sure. Let's remind people uh, what the show's about. Uh, We talk about the top legal stories of the week. Uh, and uh, too many lawyers are often to blame, or too many judges, or too many legislators. That's where we get the name, too many lawyers. So who are we? Well, we're legal analysts. We're both lawyers. Uh, I am a boomer and a libertarian. Uh, Connor, uh, how would you describe yourself? I'm a millennial, and I'm definitely uh, on the liberal end of things. So you're not a libertarian, but you are liberal. Yeah, they would, both you, start, would you call yourself progressive? They both start with L-I-B, so I think we have some common ground there. Yes, I'm definitely uh, progressive. So you're an admitted uh, progressive. An admitted progressive. Okay, so what we try to do is talk about all this stuff uh, with respect and uh, without getting into a food fight. So that's the goal here. So we're going to talk about three uh, big topics in the show today. We've got three sections, uh, three topics. First, uh, hate crimes. Is it okay to crumple a pro-cop sign in front of the cop? His feelings. How's that for an intriguing issue? We're going to talk about, uh, well, there are too many warnings. You've got too many lawyers probably writing up too many warnings. Warning labels have gotten out of control. They're taking over society. And we're going to talk about uh, Britney Spears. Uh, the conservatorship issues are lingering. The, the topic is really taking on a life of its own. We're also in the final section of the... Uh, of the show, we're going to talk about a couple of human interest items, like whether we should be vaccinating every single juror who hears a civil or criminal case. Uh, Is the flag racist? And has the ACLU gone soft on the First Amendment? All that plus our favorite feature, Guess the Verdict. I'm going to uh, have a toss-up question for Connor here, telling him about uh, an intriguing case in court, and he gets to guess who won and who lost. Flex my legal uh, evaluation muscles. That's right. That's right. Don't tell my bosses how badly I do on this game. That's but, literally my job. <laughs> before we get to hate crimes, on a slightly lighter note, the All-Star game w- was amazing. I, yes. I loved watching that. Of course. Uh, the good guys won. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Angels fan. Shohei Otani gets the win for uh, oh, yeah. getting three outs. So oh, yeah. That's a little weird. I, I always thought you had to you know, go five innings, but it's a special exhibition But if game. nobody goes more innings, I think you can get I guess, yeah. yeah. Anyway, they had a home run derby the day before the game, and I actually watched that. That was pretty fun, seeing them belt out all those home runs. And I'm such a hardcore fan of of the game, baseball slash softball. I actually stayed uh, with ESPN after the home run derby and watched the the celebrity softball game. A celebrity softball game. And I saw in that celebrity softball game the weirdest play I've ever seen in, in the history of baseball. So you have to imagine this. You've got these celebrities. that You know, they're not exactly professional softball players. They're in, on second base, first base, and right field, right? Okay. So somebody hits a high pop fly, and it's equidistant, basically, between the second baseman, the first baseman, and the right fielder. And they're all Utah. racing toward it. Now, yeah. the second baseman is going to wind up a little closer, so he's the one who But it's really, going to be over his shoulder, so it's yeah, kind it's of a be judgment tough. call. It's going to be tough. Yeah. So they replayed this, and, and I noticed something intriguing in the replay. The instant the ball 
ball was hit in the air. The second baseman, staring up skyward to see where the, the arc of the ball, the first thing he did before he moved an inch was he flung his glove to the dirt as if to say, I don't need this weighing me down. What? And then he races toward the ball, so, reaches out. Who was... Uh, some unknown celebrity, some, you, you know, know some uh, social media influencer oh, or God. soap opera star. Well, I don't, I don't remember his name, but I don't care how dopey his job. Yeah. What kind of person says to himself, you know, I've got a better shot with this bare hand. It 100% makes sense to me. Uh, totally. You're I'm kidding. A, I'm on board. Look, you, the ball comes off the bat, right? right? If it's a hard line drive or a ground ball in the dirt. That's coming right at your toes, and it's going to be. There's a, no time to throw your glove away. Is well, that what no, you're saying? You might need the glove to cushion your hand uh-huh. or give you an extra inch. But the yeah. second he saw the ball come off that glove, he recognized this is a, a high lazy pop fly. Yeah. I don't need this glove. It's not about. It's going to weigh me down. I need. Speed. He's like a. He's like I a brainiac. Speed. He generated a, an equation indicating right. how it, much it would slow him down to exactly. carry the damn exactly. glove. Yeah, he's very you, weak. sir, are an apologist. Are a softball <laughs> apologist. <laughs> Anyway, I thought that was pretty bizarre. So, topic number one, hate crimes. Uh, This sounds a little weird and provocative. Is it okay to crumple a pro-cop sign? Specifically, this sign said, back the blue. So here here are the facts. There's a 19-year-old woman in Garfield County, Colorado. She's been charged with a hate crime for stomping on a sign that was a pro-police sign and then throwing it disrespectfully into the trash, all in front of a cop who was in the process of giving a speeding ticket to her friend. Right. Now, criminal mischief with this hate crime enhancement, she could go to jail for a year for doing this. So the the situation was um, that the the cop said, I observed one of the friends of the person I was writing up stomping on a back the blue sign uh, next to where the traffic stop was conducted. She crumpled it in a destructive manner. She threw it in the trash can, all the while smirking in an intimidating manner towards me. My favorite thing I've ever read in my entire life. And this, this is this, this is crucial because the hate crime definition in Colorado, you you need some sort of intimidation. And so this cop's idea of intimidation was she smirked at me mm-hmm. in an intimidating. Oh, it's fa- it's fantastic. The the, I, the very idea that this police officer who's at work on the clock who is currently giving somebody uh, a, a ticket is going to be intimidated by somebody seeing a back the blue sign that happens to be like on a light pole or something right. nearby tearing it down crumpling it stomping on it and then respectfully going and putting it in the trash can <laughs> that that sign was almost certainly litter and thus illegally well, that's right. posted. she escaped another misdemeanor that she, she was she wasn't she wasn't littering she was taking down right, litter right. Crumpling it nicely so that, you know, it compacts well, and then putting it in a trash can. Unbelievable. And then the cop, this this is, so this is indicative of something you see all the time in police testimony and police reporting. They know the elements of the crimes that they are charging people with, and they get up and parrot those elements precisely and exactly in their testimony and also in their reporting and their statements, their internal investigation statements, everything else. They say things like, she threw it in a trash can all while smirking in an intimidating manner towards me. 
Did he feel intimidated? Obviously not. Is there any world in which he was would be intimidated by this? Obviously not. Well, I'll have to say, when I smirk, it's not intimidating. But I can imagine some people's, yeah. especially if they had maybe a machete in their hands. Sure, yeah, a smirking intimidating. Or a sign right. with sharp paper edges that could inflict numerous paper cuts. Numerous paper cuts. So this guy knows that intimidating is, the, is an element of the crime or the enhancement to the misdemeanor crime that he would like to charge this woman with because his feelings were hurt right. because he's a snowflake. And the... So he parrots those exactly in his description so that he can then point to them. And it's it's transparent even in this one case. But when you see the pattern of what law enforcement do overall, they uh, this is it's very analogous to the self-defense, the, the, the Second Amendment gun nut types uh, who who uh, carry a card with them. This is a real thing. It's a real product you can buy. You can subscribe to a service that will send you a card, and then provide you support uh, in the event that you are forced to use your firearm uh, to defend yourself uh, in uh, some sort of altercation. And you then you, after you've killed someone with your firearm, you pull the card out of your wallet, you call the police, and you read off of the card the script really? that the company sends you that says, I uh, have been involved in a, 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 a fight. Someone uh, attacked me. I feared for my life. I'm sure, I drew I'm my sure weapon. the asterisk says, read this only if this is what really if happened. It, if, yeah, exactly. If, it, if yeah. this is what really happened. Uh, there was a great uh, uh, Last Week Tonight bit on this several months ago um, about how um, th- this is a real service because people get in their minds the idea that, oh, I'm going to get into a... Uh, an altercation. I'm going to use my my gun, and I just need to say these magic words. And cops do the exact same thing in their reporting and testimony. And this guy is, I I, I honestly, even though he is doing this, I don't think that he has any intention uh, of locking this woman up for a year. I don't think that he thinks that that would be possible. I think that he knows that even uh, in this country, in this day and age, when the criminal legal system is completely bonkers, uh, and takes advantage of uh, and abuses people terribly. I don't think that he actually thinks that this will happen. But he is doing this to intimidate himself. He is arresting this woman to make a statement, to say, you have to treat me a certain way. I'm better than you. I'm above you. I'm a law enforcement officer. We have we get special treatment. We're a, a superior class of person. So and this this gets in, this gets into the definition of hate crime. Now in Colorado, here's the definition: an action with the intent to intimidate or terrorize another person, or with reason to believe that their action would intimidate or terrorize that person. So clearly, that's why he is he. Thank you. That's why he is is has a situation where uh, he's. Focusing in on the smirking and that yeah. quali- that qualifies as intimidation. But um, I don't know. I mean, what about this, Connor? Okay, what, okay. We'll hit me with a scenario where I actually ch- will change the, the hypothetical. Yeah, please. A little uh, bit. Gay pride, uh, parade. yeah, absolutely. gay pride parade, and uh, some homophobic person is standing uh, there uh, eating their dreamsicle popsicle while yeah. they're watching the gay yeah. pride yeah. parade, and they grab the, uh, a gray gay pride. Flag, sure, or sign, and yeah. they stomp it and they burn it. Absolutely, is that a hate crime? Absolutely, because, because of the intimidation factor. No, because being gay is a protected class. You're saying being a police officer is not a protected no, class. No, it's a job. It's a job that this guy chose. So, to what have. about in Colorado, though? What if you need uh, intimidation or or terrorizing another person? Would 
uh, stomping on the pro-gay pride sign qualify as a hate crime under that definition? No, you can't. It's not a hate crime unless they're a, a member of a protected class and you are doing it to intimidate them. If you just do something to intimidate somebody, if I am outside of a bar and I'm swaggering up towards somebody and we might be you know, getting into a fight because... I looked at his girlfriend wrong or, or whatever, uh, and I'm sort of puffing my chest out, and I'm spitting on the ground, and I'm taking my shirt off, and I'm saying to my friends, hold me back. This is what I do on Saturday night, so I know all <laughs> right. that. That's all very intimidating, and it would be you'd be so intimidated if you were the guy. Oh, my gosh. You'd be like, damn, this guy just took his shirt off. It's so scary. So, like, th- that's intimidation, but it's not a hate crime because the target of your intimidation is not a member of a specific protected class that our judiciary has said, look, we need to protect these people because they're classically victims of discrimination. People who are discriminated on the basis of race or sex or uh, uh, sexuality uh, or any number of other national origin, a number of other categories that we've said, these are really important categories that are historically uh, discriminated against. Your job, specifically a member of one of the most powerful, like, Handed the, the, the monopoly of, over violence mm-hmm. uh, in, in the, the, the nation. Like, you are the only ones who are allowed to use, legitimately use force against other human beings, uh, excepting extreme circumstances like self-defense. That's their job. That's the, this insanely large amount of power that where they are handed. It, in all societies, the law enforcement is handed this. And to say that that person is a, is somehow like a member of a a, a, a persecuted class or a class that is uh, you know that is that is uh, is is being stomped on somehow and needs the protection of the courts, extra protection of the courts and legislatures that are going to pass laws uh, and name them a, a you know a discriminated against group is crazy. They're one of the most powerful groups in our entire society. They make an ungodly amount of money doing a job that is less dangerous than like truck drivers and loggers and you know they spend their entire lives patting themselves on the back about how great a job they you do. know your name's going to get flagged for the 911 listing yeah i'm going to get a lot <laughs> yeah, they may send out a social worker with no gun to help connor when he when he calls up hey uh when i we, would like that when we come back we're going to talk about too many warnings out there because of too many lawyers but first connor's going to tell you how to rate and subscribe the podcast yeah if you uh if you like the pod and, and you like uh, uh, listening to me uh, rag on the cops so that um, I, I don't get their protections when I desperately actually do need them. Um, check us out every week uh, on whatever podcast platform you use, uh, Podcast Addict, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. It uh, doesn't matter. All of them are pretty much the same. Just hit the subscribe button or the like button. And if you want to leave us a little review um, and tell me about how dumb I am, uh, then I'd appreciate it because, you know, I like any review. Constructive feedback. Connor, very dumb, stop pod, please. <laughs> we'll be right back on Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So, uh, one result, Connor, of having too many lawyers out there is too many warnings. Yep. Uh, I was thinking about it recently because I uh, bought some uh, deodorant, uh, desperately needed uh, Harry's deodorant. And the law is pretty strict, you know, when Are it comes to Are we sponsored by consumer. Harry's? Uh, not yet, oh, but dang. it's going to be wonderful. Harry's call me. So um, the, it says on the Harry's deodorant uh, bar, it says, directions apply to underarms only. Really? Um, where else might one apply it? You know, my crotch just might need a little help when it comes to the odor issues. Is that going to be an issue? To- Look, first of all, you're blowing the Harry's sponsorship. You're right. right. You're, you're right. destroying our torpedoing our chances. Second of all, Look, people are pretty dumb, and people are pretty smelly. 
And that combination of those two things means people are going to get up to some shenanigans. If you let them, <laughs> if you don't put a warning on there, they're going to start, you know. I just hope to God they actually read and follow the, yeah, the warning. Yeah, one, one hope. So uh, this led me to check it out. And sure enough, Forbes magazine has come up with a wonderful list of, uh, of warnings. So let's go through a few of them. Uh, the product is the sleeping pill Nitol. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's necessary to put on the sleeping pill label may cause drowsiness. Isn't that a criminal waste of ink? Uh, aren't people going to know when they buy Nightall and it says all over it? Oh, that's not, sleep a, that's not a warning. That's yeah. a, an advertising guarantee. Maybe. It's, I think it's under the it's, you know tiny print where nobody would actually read it. Next product, uh, one of these reflective cardboard sunshades for okay. car dashboards. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, so yeah, your yeah. car doesn't mm-hmm. turn into some sort of a volcanic oven while you're gone. Yeah, so here's the those. label on the uh, cardboard sunshade. It says, do not drive with sunshield in place. Now, what kind of a moron is going to leave his sunshield in place while he's driving and try to peer through the quarter of an inch at the top? Oh, my God, I hope I don't hit somebody. Damn sunshade. If only there'd been a warning to tell me to take it down under any circumstances. I I can see a very dumb person who's also very lazy, just like pushing it down onto their dashboard. And then they've got the world's most reflective, brightest dashboard. They just can't see anything at all. But like the one second of having to fold this thing up and put it to the side, not a chance. Well, you think that was stupid. Uh, next one is uh, the product is eggs. Oh, I car- love eggs. Carton of eggs. I'm and a huge the, fan the of label eggs. says, warning, this product may contain eggs. Okay? Okay? <laughs> because, you know, some people are allergic, Connor. I don't know if right. you know that. Right. But, you know, they, they swell up and maybe, boom, they explode. Maybe what they mean, not to be another apologist, yeah. maybe what they mean is sometimes a chicken lays an egg with an egg inside it. <laughs> and they're warning you, don't just bite into these eggs. And expect delicious yolk and egg white to slurp out of it like some sort of animal or snake. I suppose. There could be another egg inside. I suppose. All right. Here's our next product. This is an unusual one. It's uh, the product is the Outdoor Group's Fox and Bobcat Urine Powder. So they gather up urine from foxes and bobcats, and they turn it into powder, and then they sprinkle it, uh, you sprinkle it around your front yard, it creates the illusion that fox and bobcats are present in your lawn or garden. So that's fox and bobcat urine powder. That sounds like a good important- animals oh yeah it keeps away. bears it keeps tyrannosaurus oh, okay, okay, rexes okay. away <laughs> okay everything okay, except your kitty and your dog right. is scared away because they smell the fox Wouldn't and bobcat urine torture powder. your your poor cat and dog who can also smell it but whatever okay uh maybe but maybe they figure it's worth it yeah. uh, who cares if whiskers is uncomfortable in the front yard at least <laughs> he's, he's alive. alive yeah now we come to the label connor uh-huh. the label for the fox and bobcat urine powder states quote not for human consumption <laughs> Now, how hungry would you have to be before you start to sprinkle fox and bobcat urine powder it's in your got coffee? That tang, you know. Now the tang people aren't going to sponsor us. <laughs> no, you, you know that's the the dr- oh. drink that went to the moon with the astronauts. <sighs> All right, so next product, it's a Dremel Multipro's Rotary Tools. The rotary mm-hmm, Tools. Mm-hmm, you buy mm-hmm. a fancy drill for your home oh, yeah. improvement products. I love so Dremel. Here is the warning for, for uh, brain surgeons who might want to use the Dremel Multipro rotary, rotary Tool. This product is not intended for use as a dental drill. Oh, my God. So just in case you think, oh, my gosh, do you know what Dr. Schmedlap charges oh. for a root canal? Oh, my God. Betsy, could you come over here and oh. hold my jaw while my I do this? God. Yeah, why would they waste everybody's time? Oh. Now, next product, Frankel's costume, Superman costume. 
So um, the label, of course, you know where this is going. The label uh, warning states, this costume does not enable flight or super strength. I mean, I know some kids have jumped off of roofs right, right, with, right. The that, cape, yeah. with the cape. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, would the label have prevented that? Did, does the label add 40 IQ points to the costume wearer? No, I think the costume wearers who jump off the roof uh, can't read is the problem. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, next product, Rowento's Irons. I think they have some of the best irons made available to, to folks. Are you angling for ironing? A, your, a, yes, we want the so wait, Rowento is this, folks. Is this as a ironing clothes or yeah, a golf ironing clothes? Ironing okay, clothes, okay. yeah. So, uh, what's the label on the uh, on the uh, package for Rowento's iron? Do not iron clothes on body. And that makes sense, I guess, because some people might be, oh my gosh, I'm in a hurry. I I've been, yeah. I was going to iron my shirt. I have been late. I'm before. on a, a going on a date, and then what do you do? You, you go to the burn hospital. the crap out of yourself. <laughs> That's right. The company they say has not been involved in litigation, uh, says spokesman uh, uh, Jennifer Gear, but they're not taking any chances. She says, as silly as it sounds, some people do iron skirts when they're running out the door and they get burned, and so the warning label is there for a good reason. So maybe this is the first label that might have some rational yes, basis yeah, for it. Absolutely. Maybe so. Um, next product, Connor, the Razor Scooter. You know those wonderful yeah, scooters? Absolutely. Kids and adults. Uh, they're fun for the Crash whole family. On. Yes, yeah. everyone can get injured. So you're on your scooter, and what does the label say? This product moves when used. This product moves when used. Who is going to buy a Razor Scooter? Oh, you know, I think we're, we're going to make this a statue. We're going to, it's like a lawn ornament, you know, to go with the pink flamingos. Yeah. Why would you need to say it moves? You say that about a bicycle or the space shuttle? Probably. This, this space shuttle moves, you know, when it's actually used. You know, it would be kind of nice to, you know, work with a product like the space shuttle, which I'm sure has instructions in key locations for astronauts, but doesn't have any public-facing dumbass warnings. Yeah, that's true. Because no You've got to be smart to be an astronaut. Yeah, no idiots are interacting with it. They respect your wisdom. Near the bottom where the you know million-degree exhaust comes blasting out and would incinerate a human skull, uh, it doesn't say anything. It just says, please, insert skull if you feel like it. <laughs> and the final product is the Apple iPod Shuffle, Okay. Everybody loves what their, can get, How can you iPod. get injured by an iPod shuffle? Here's the label on the iPod shuffle. Do not eat. Do not eat. Now, maybe it's the the presence of the word apple. Right ah. There. You think that could be yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. It sounds kind of silly. No, that's I think so it's idiotic. Of There's course nobody idiotic. on the planet who would consider, you know, I'm kind of hungry. Honestly, this looks a little like a candy honestly, bar. I did not want to eat it until I saw no, the I think I'll take label. a bite out of it, you know, maybe now they've got a computer that joke says going. that, uh, I think they're hiding something from us. Could I be. think they're delicious, and they don't <laughs> want us to know. When we come back, Britney Spears' conservatorship issues are lingering. Stick with us on Jimmy Lord. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So the Britney Spears drama continues, Connor, yes. just the other day. She appeared in court again by phone. All of her fans were there in the Los Angeles downtown. You were there Moss in building. I was, yeah. I was hanging out with Jim Murray of Inside Edition. And what happened was that she called in again. And this time she got even more emotional. And she was breaking down and crying. And the judge said, okay, you can you can hire your own lawyers. So we're going to see some... Uh, we're going to see some changes here. I, I, the, the intriguing thing to me, Connor, is that uh, the notice 
of uh, her right to challenge the conservatorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said recently over the phone, I didn't know I could challenge it. And everybody's thinking, oh, yeah, what kind of an idiot are you? You're, you? You've been unhappy for years and you didn't know you could challenge all this court proceeding. But somebody did a little digging and they found that California law only requires a, a one-page notice in legalese explaining your right to challenge your conservatorship. Mm, so whether wow. it's Britney Spears or you know, a homeless person who, who's injury, danger to himself or herself, they don't really get it, chapter and verse, really yeah. uh, really clearly yeah. what their rights are. So maybe that's a, an area of reform. It's where, totally uh, believable to me. I mean, as somebody who grows up in Britney Spears' life, controlled in every single aspect of her day-to-day life. This is not even a person who gets to control, you know, how and when she went to school and who she associated with. She's got a father who's completely overbearing and controlling. Uh, She's got a family, you know, uh, just that, like, set her up for showbiz success and then worked her like she is, you know, a, a piece of machinery her entire life. The idea that she would understand that the system has uh, ways out for her mm-hmm. once she's an adult. I mean, she's controlled in so many aspects of her life by all these contracts that she's signed and then re-upped for you know, her entire career. It, it, why would she, the way we do as lawyers, why would she have this uh, sense that, oh yeah, of course, because this is this type of legal proceeding in this type of court, there's of course going to be a procedure for you to challenge the conservatorship and the way that you would do that is X, Y, and Z. That's very normal and natural for lawyers to interpret and understand. But the idea of, well, this person controls most aspects of your life because the court has determined that they are, uh, that you are unable to manage those elements of your life, uh, for one reason or another, um, specifically in her case, another doesn't seem to be any reason at all. And in in that scenario, it it seems almost logical. Of course, you couldn't challenge the conservatorship because the conservator is the one making all the decisions for you. And the conservator certainly doesn't want to challenge their own uh, abilities. They think they're great. So it's it's bizarre to us on the outside and as lawyers. And it's probably bizarre to most people who think, well, how could she not? She's rich and powerful. Right. But she's rich. She certainly isn't able to access that those riches, Uh, the the allowance that she's been given. Uh, while she was performing at a residency in Vegas and touring previously, uh, the allowance, the the amount of money she was, uh, you know, provided to be able to spend uh, was, you know, right about what I make. <laughs> like that's insanity. That's completely. In the meantime, ridiculous. she's worth sixty million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Completely. So ridiculous. you know, I think her case has triggered uh, interest in legislative reform. There's a bill pending in the California legislature to create registration requirements for conservators to make it easier to dump bad Very ones and a conservatee bill of rights. Because right now, only about five states have a bill of rights. Uh, and once so- again, high-profile legal cases come through with actually making societal change and hopefully, uh, you know, increasing the the temperature on people um, who have been, you know, taking advantage of whatever systems uh, are in place. Uh, you know, you have been an advocate for, you know, high profile legal proceedings being public, the idea that sunshine's the best disinfectant, the idea that the public learns a lot about law by watching, you know, O.J. Simpson being on trial, and also that 
the law changes for the better when the public sees something that they recognize is, is bad and wrong. If it all happens behind closed doors and nobody even knows about it, how are we supposed to, you know, move for societal change? That's a very progressive idea. And you've had it for years and years. I'd say that's uh, that's you reaching across the aisle. I'm a very progressive guy in, you are. In, in that sense. So finally, let's talk about whether jurors should be forced to be vaccinated. Uh, federal court in Ohio um, uh, says, you uh, know, involving a case by a couple of counties suing a bunch of pharmacies. And the big question was who's responsible for the opioid crisis. Mm. The judge said, hey, only vaccinated people should be able to serve on our jury. That'll make life simpler and so on. And the pharmacies, the defendants getting sued for the opioid stuff said, no, if you if you exclude the non-vaccinated people, that won't be a cross-section of America. And the right. judge actually changed his mind and said, okay, we, I won't insist that they all be vaccinated. What do you think? Do you think it's, it's okay for public health uh, purposes to, to make sure that everybody who walks into the courthouse and is going to serve on the jury uh, is vaccinated. Uh, I mean, that's that's bound to be safer. You're going to save some lives, maybe. Yeah, it's a really tough question because if you look at say, well, uh, let's you know what what is the the public good that we're trying to promote, and what is the cost we have to pay to do it, and you have to compare those things. We're always going to be doing a balancing test here. I personally think. People should be forced to get vaccinated to participate in society in any meaningful meaningful way. France did it recently, and they had a massive... What if they're the kind of person who, even after being vaccinated, is incapable of contributing to society in a meaningful way? <laughs> Great question. Isn't yeah. that kind of a problem with your theory? Absolutely. Uh, I, would, uh, I would say, uh, as France has done, you've got to have proof of uh, a vaccination or a medical exemption, a reason why you cannot get the vaccination. Uh, in order to, for example, attend a restaurant mm -hmm. or concert yeah. or any other sort of public gathering. And when the France did that, they saw skyrocketing uh, uh, vaccination rates again. While they had slowed, they had plateaued uh, and then begun to drop as basically everyone who wanted to get the vaccine had gotten it already. And so this caused a lot of people to say, okay, well, if I want to be able to go to a restaurant, I should probably do this, which is just complete, you know, it, it, it looks wild from the outside, but it makes a lot of sense that there are a lot of people who are, you know, low information, low information, uh, low medical, you know, understanding of the the gravitas of the situation right. and all that. So, I that's my personal view of what we should be doing. But well, we're not in that world, right? We're not in a world where everybody has to uh, get vaccines to participate in stuff. And in that world, if I'm a judge and I look at this, I have to say, what is the societal good we want to promote and the cost we have to pay? Here, well, it might make it easier uh, if our and more straightforward. And our jury trial might proceed more quickly if we didn't have to make some sort of you know accommodation for a juror who might be in a wheelchair. It might take more time to get right. in and out of the box or in and out of the uh, the courtroom and have to you know. Well, what if the uh, elevator doesn't work that day? It might just go faster and be a smoother experience for everyone involved in the jury and the trial if we just excluded everyone who was in a wheelchair. That's not a good system. Yeah, that's, that's not a good cross-section of society. No, you're right. The no, question, and the enormous cost that we have to pay uh, in society is the exclusion of people. Yeah. And yet in this situation, you know, public for. health is a pretty huge thing. It is. It is Somebody drops thing. dead three weeks later because oh, Wilbur sitting next to them in the jury absolutely. box affected so, uh, them. That's just an example where I think you, you have to weigh this and you say, yeah, you might get a little convenience out of this, but the societal cost you pay is enormous. And in this case... That's the first analogy that you can make, but it's actually pretty backwards because the costs 
uh, and the, the benefits are flipped. In this case, being vaccinated or providing a proof, presumably the judge would have some sort of uh, exception if you couldn't uh, be vaccinated, but I don't know that. Um, providing proof of vaccination uh, is is one thing, but the, the upside of not getting anyone sick on the jury, it, which would be comparable to the, well, we don't have to wait for the person in a wheelchair an extra 10 seconds to enter the box. Those are completely flipped. People getting COVID and dying is really, really bad. It's right. super duper bad. And getting a vaccine is a very, very low danger. The precautions you have to take are very, very uh, 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 like to prevent this are very, very easy uh, to take. So the the question really is, do you get a representative slice? Well, first off, obviously you have to have a medical exemption. You obviously have to have, you because you cannot be excluding people with, for example, uh, illnesses or disabilities that prevent them from being vaccinated. Say you don't have an immune system and you can inject somebody with vaccines all, the day, all day long. If their you know, T cell count and white blood cells don't respond to the vaccine and produce antibodies, then what's the point of vaccinating this person? It doesn't do anything, right? You're just injecting them for no reason. So right. those people need a, a medical exemption, obviously, if you're going to have any sort of setup or scheme like this. And then the question is, what about people who uh, abstain from vaccines for some sort of uh, misinformed reason that they think vaccines are dangerous when they're really not? And the answer there is, well, we might think those people are dumb or uh, those people are, you know, just just obstinate or, or, or thoughtless. But there is a, a, there are a lot of people out there with vaccine hesitancy who just don't have the information or have been wronged by the medical sure, system. Some, some communities, the, the word has spread that it affects a woman's fertility if right. she takes the There's vaccine. There's a, a bunch of misinformation out there. We are a day, under a deluge of misinformation in this country. Uh, it, it is an information war being waged. Thank God waged. for this podcast, huh? Exactly. It's an information war being waged against us by people who want to take advantage of uh, social media platforms and the reach that they uh, uh, allow, as well as some networks, uh, other you know more formal networks, in order to you know if you can dispel if you can create the myth that uh, that vaccines are dangerous and the the politicians distributing them are bad and the politicians that are currently distributing. Joe Biden and all the Democrats, because they're in power, are bad, then you can gain advantage in the next election. Or you can sell some sort of whack job nonsense and fake medicine supplement snake oil against the fact that the vaccine will hurt you, but my Uncle Joe's snake oil will will keep you safe. <laughs> and that's really, really scary and dangerous. Yep. And our society is not reckoned with that problem. And because our society isn't reckoned with that problem, we can't very well reckon with this problem yet, can we? Because what if there is, for example, a lower socioeconomic slice of of uh, of the of the chart in our society that is more the victim of these sorts of scams and misinformation campaigns and then you're ex- accidentally cor- by correlation excluding those people from juries because they're unvaccinated and you know i might not want you know dumb jurors on my jury but i do want a jury that is representative uh, a representative slice of humanity for the sake of a defendant and the plaintiff and i do want us to you know fairly be assessing people that doesn't mean you can bring people in the, Why don't the we do jury this? box and have them risk other people's health though we've talked about the fact that the average iq is 100 why don't we make sure that on every juror of 12 you have two with an iq of 100 mm-hmm. Two of ninety, two of hundred and ten, yeah. two of eighty, two yeah. of hundred and twenty, two of seventy. That's a slice. As far as you need to go to get to twelve, I right. lost track. Yeah, yeah. Would yeah. you be happy with that kind of? Uh... So obviously, what you really need is four women, four men, and four non-binary people. 
That's right off the top, straightforward. Yes, but obviously. That means a two-thirds majority of, of non-non-binary people. Uh, is that, oh, is shoot, that really right? right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here we uh, come to our final phase of the show, Guess the Verdict, oh, okay, our okay, fun okay, new feature. Connor gets to guess <laughs> the verdict. Uh, I'm going to give Hold him on, the I facts. Flex my muscles, flex my muscles. He's, okay. he's getting psyched up. So yeah. here, here's, the, here's the factual pattern, Connor. Mm-hmm. Exotic dancer Chesty Love... Claims a $20,000 deduction on her taxes for the name. cost of surgical implants, which enlarge her bus size to a 56 double F. So she was normally configured, but she thought, you know, I'm going to make more money as a topless dancer if I'm really out there. And so she has the surgery, and it's a business expense, so she tries to deduct it on her taxes. Yeah. What does the IRS do? They turn down the deduction what? saying... Funds spent to improve a person's health or appearance, these are personal expenses, not business expenses. Mm. So she doesn't take it lying down. She takes the IRS to tax court. Nice. So you, Connor, get to guess the verdict. Who wins in tax court? The evil IRS or poor Chesty Love who's just trying to make a living? Okay. Would you I like think. to answer n- next week? Uh, there seems to be a pause coming. Of course there's a pause. i got to consider it. It's very, it. very okay. important. Okay. okay. I think Chesty wins because... Oh, so now she's Chesty. She's not Miss Love. I apologize. Litigant. I apologize. <laughs> the United States versus Love. <laughs> Miss Chesty, you may take the stand. <laughs> um, I think Chesty wins. Good goodness the podium is there. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I think Chesty wins because um, this is her job, and, you know, she... She 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 wouldn't be taken over to tax court unless she really had to get these for her job. I don't know if her you know you got to stand out. It's a it's a rough and tumble world out there. You can't just you can't just get up there and be an exotic dancer and expect everything to turn out for you. You need to make big. That's bold what the moves. owner of the strip club. I'm sure he tells all the gals every day. It's a rough and tumble world out there, right. Trixie. And right. so go ahead, Chesty. Yeah. So yeah, I think Chesty wins because you know she got this specifically okay, for the dancing. You're right. The judge rules that the new breasts were so large and cumbersome. They were some 10 pounds each, a little bit like strapping a dachshund to your chest, the judge said. This is a female judge, by the way. Uh, There was no personal benefit. She ruled the implants, contorted her body into a grotesque appearance, all for the purpose of making money. The judge pointed out Chesty's income went from $1,600 a month to $14,000 a month after the operation. Wow. So the good gal wins. The good gal wins. That's that's a heartwarming story. I mean, Connor wins in this scenario because he got the verdict right. I'm the real winner. Chesty... Great job, etc. But Connor's the real one. You're one and oh, you you got the W. We get it. All right, folks. We're gonna see you next time on Too Many Lawyers. Have a good week.